Let the words of my lips and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. I'm not sure that I'm yet used to preaching to people. Um, it's wonderful to be gathered here this morning. Um, and I hope I never take that for granted again to be able to be with y'all in this space. Um, I was thinking back at this. This is, if you include the seminary, this is the fourth time through the lectionary. And it's the first time that I've preached on this text on the eighth Sunday after Pentecost. And for those of y'all that are maybe new to the Episcopal Church, along with um, Catholics and Methodists and Presbyterians, we follow the revised common lectionary. We don't choose our readings. And I say that because something interesting is going on in our gospel reading. You, it's referenced in the verse numbers. Something is missing. Did anybody figure out what is missing from the story this morning? It really can be participatory, any. <laughs> The feeding of the 5,000 is left out, which is interesting because, I mean, it's a monumental story. It is, um, not only is it a miracle and kind of points to something extraordinary going on, but it's about feeding and living into mission and ministry, and it is left out of the text that's been picked today which is not really how we read Scripture. We try to get the whole picture and understand what's going on. But when you do that, it gives us an interesting way of looking at how can reading Scripture in this way frame, frames, frame our lives and our Christian faith in a way that can be helpful. So I, reading the text and kind of going, whoa, what is new does this offer us? Um, began kind of thinking about what it means to be St. Stephen's. And I think that's something that, that is easy to kind of focus on when you're a part of a community, what makes St. Stephen's unique. And I am now about to preach about this with the founding rector of St. Stephen's right to my right. So if I get anything wrong, you can let me know later, um, Doug. <laughs> but I share one of the things that I was uh, reading Doug's book when I was three and a half years ago, preparing to, to come here to St. Stephen's, and what struck me was a letter that is held in the archives of the Birmingham Library by George Prather, writing a thank you note for this, this community and, and, and what he found at the church. And George was, many of us are probably considered troubled in many ways. He was hopping trains, riding across the country. And when he got here to Birmingham, he fell off a train and it, and it ran over and he lost his leg and part of his hand and his thumb. I believe that's correct. Um, whole arm. Um, and someone from this community saw this happen and went to meet him in the hospital and began inviting him into the life here at the church and George ended up coming to St. Stephen's and two years later being baptized in this community. And I say that because we know this. Is that the interesting thing is what we have focused on recently, which is, is, is very important, is we see the beautiful lush green of the world reminded of 
our sacred obligation to care for the environment. In the spring, we saw the dog, dogwoods blooming that were right behind. We, we see death and resurrection in the wintertime and spring. But the windows also serve another purpose of focusing us outward into the community, of always looking at what is beyond. I mean, that's the identity, and many of y'all have been here for a lot longer than I have, and you know this, and this is a part of maybe what drew you into this community. And so, it wasn't a surprise, I shared this, um, it wasn't a surprise when Becky and Catherine and I learned that, that Chandler, our outreach chair, had planned a work day without us knowing about it. <laughs> At Christ Church Fairfield, two Saturdays, um, we are looking for ways of getting... Um, back into the community and continuing to serve and think and care outwardly. All of that is important. But as I read the readings today, they offer some interesting advice to this Christian life of caring for others. What you'll notice when you take out the reading of, the, uh, when you take out the feeding of the 5,000, the first thing that we notice is that there is this community that has been following Jesus. The apostles have been following Jesus. They've been living. They tell him everything that they've done. And then how does Mark respond? Jesus calls them away to a quiet place because they didn't even have time to be fed. They didn't have time to be fed. The other thing that is interesting that happens is that the apostles then get scattered into the crowds, dispersed with the crowds on the shore. And Jesus sees them and recognizes that they don't have a shepherd and he has compassion on them. Now you're probably like, what? where am I going with this? There's two things that we can glean from these readings and into the Christian life. The first is there a cautionary tale of being too outwardly focused. That this community that had lived so focused on others had forgotten to eat. They'd forgotten to eat. That we as Christians, as the body of Christ, our mission is to care for the world. But we have to be fed. We have to gather here. And the irony of this, I, I, I get it, y'all are actually here. <laughs> so y'all are coming to be fed. <laughs> Probably the sermon needs to be heard by the people who have turned off YouTube or Facebook and, and, and closed their lives from church. I get that. But it's a reminder that the weekly practice of gathering, even, even when we're wondering why we're walking in, of that invitation to the table to receive the Eucharist, is necessary for us to be able to serve. For us to be able to live into our faith. 
It's a reminder that I mean, maybe that's what's been missing when we can't gather is how do we fed? We're exhausted. We're worn out. I mean, burnout is not just happening in the church. It's happening in every workplace. It's happening. It's, it's a cautionary tale. How are we, in this act of coming together, receiving the gift of rest, how are we receiving the gift of the Eucharist to nourish our souls so that we can serve? We have to be fed. The other piece is a little bit more daunting and challenging. We're living in this time where we take great pride in how we have figured out everything and we can lead and pioneer the way to to bend the world to whatever truth it is that we have claimed at that moment. And it's interesting that even the disciples, as they're mixed in this crowd, have to be reminded that they need a shepherd. They need a shepherd. What it means for us, as individualistic as our society drives us to be, we're followers. That means that we have to be guided by the Holy Spirit. We have to be open to where that leads us. We have to be willing to admit that we don't have it all figured out. We have to be willing to recognize that there's something greater than ourselves and our own vision for how we live into this world. The necessity of being able to serve comes from an act of humility, a practice of being sheep. We have to be followers. I mean, that's a, that's a bold claim in 2021. We have to admit that we have more to learn, that we can grow, and that we don't have it all figured out. My hope is that we continue to have an outwardly focused identity that cares and nourishes the lives of all those that we encounter. But today's readings give us a cautionary reminder that we have to gather here, that we have to rest and be nourished so that we can serve others. If we don't care for our souls, we burn out. In a moment, you'll be invited to the table once again. You'll be invited to gather at the rail, to receive the bread. Today, you'll be invited to intinct in the wine. But it's my hope that you see that as a profound gift that nourishes your soul so that we can go forth in love in this world, renewed and emboldened by the Spirit. Mm-hmm.